We are looking at one of the most familiar parables today, uh, outside the parable of the prodigal son uh, in Luke chapter 15, the parable of the sower and the soils and the seed uh, is perhaps the second most popular. And we find this in Mark chapter 4, verses 1 uh, and following. So if you would, turn there with me, and then let's look as Jesus teaches us about the sower and the seed and the soils. Look, Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. And again, Jesus began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat, sat in it uh, on the sea, and a whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then Jesus taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, Listen. You might underline that one. Listen. In the Greek, just so it, because, you know, every now and then I got got to say a Greek word so you know I have an education. In the Greek, akoue. Now you can go home and say that to your children. <laughs> Listen, Jesus said. Behold, I don't know what it is in Aramaic, but he probably said it in Aramaic, not Greek. But anyway, listen. Behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some seed fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. Verse 9, And Jesus said to them, Whoever or he who has ears to hear, let him hear. You might underline that. So he begins the parable with, listen. And he closes the parable with, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then verses 10, 11, and 12, he explains why it's important for us to listen to what he has to say. When Jesus, verse 10, when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. And he said to them, to you, it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not, under, and not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. And so Jesus said to them, verse 13 is very important, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown, where they hear, Satan comes immediately, takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Likewise, are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, but they have no root in themselves and endure only for a time. Afterward, when trouble or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns, and they are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of this world and deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things Entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. Now, as we look at this passage, um, there, there, 
there's one important element that we need to understand. Jesus spoke this not so that we would understand the nature of soils. Jesus taught this so that we would see more about our life. And Jesus didn't teach this so that we could see what other people will do, but Jesus taught this so that we would see how that our lives must be changed. When Jesus began this story, he began with, listen. How many of y'all are parents? Have you ever said, listen to your children? When you said, listen, were you just asking them to kind of, I don't know, stop what they're doing just for a moment, but not really care what you're saying? Is that what you meant when you said, listen? When you said, listen, were you saying, hey, I really, I really want you to take down this information, and, and, uh, but you can forget about it as soon as I stop talking. Is that what you meant by listen? When, 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 I don't know about you, but when I say, listen to my children, I'm saying, I'm about to throw some real truth on you that will help you in life if you take it and hold on to it. I, I'm, about to, I'm about to pour down some truth on you that if you don't listen to it, it may carry with it some consequences that you might not enjoy. Because your mother is tough like that. <laughs> oh, y'all think, oh, y'all probably know. I'm not the tough one in the house. And when she says to me, listen, man, I stop everything. What is it, baby? No. When, when Jesus says, listen, he's calling us to stop everything, to allow his words to sink beyond our ears into our hearts. When he closes the parable, he says, um, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. That's a common phrase and, 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 and phraseology among the prophets. So essentially what he was saying is, hey, listen, if you're a really smart person, you'll open your ears and open your heart and receive what I have to say. And then in verses 10 and 11, he explains why. He says, or verse 11, he says, for to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. He was talking about those who were his followers. That's verse 10. Those who are his followers were gathered around. He says, hey, I'm giving you the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But as he continues teaching there in verse 11 and 12, he says, but there are some people that won't listen. He said, he said there are some people, and he quotes Isaiah chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. He says, there are some people whose hearts are so hard that they refuse to receive the teaching, the instruction that Jesus gives, refuse to embrace the person of Christ himself. And in rejecting Jesus, they hear, but they don't receive. They see, but they don't understand. So as, as we look at, 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 at Christ's explanations of everything, what's he saying here? Well, first of all, he's saying that we unravel the puzzle of life when we listen to Jesus. 
We unravel the puzzle of this life when we listen to Jesus. That's why he began by saying, listen. That's why he says in verse 9, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. In verse 11, he says, to you it has been given from the hand of God through the person of Christ to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Now, what is the mysteries of the kingdom? Well, mystery is a, a term in Scripture that is um, uh, uh, the unveiling of, of who God is and what he is about. It is, it is God giving us, pulling back the, the curtain and letting us see what he is about in, in history and in the present and into the future. The mysteries of the kingdom of God is God's operative work from time, the beginning of time to the end of time as we know it. It's, it's, it's God showing up and explaining himself. And when Jesus said, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom, he was essentially saying, I'm giving you the key to unravel what this life is all about. I'm giving you the key to understand what this mystery of your life is all about. But some of you, he says, some of you hardened your heart against the teaching of Jesus so much so that you would rather continue and walk in the maze of the miseries of your own making than listen to what Jesus has to say and live. You would rather walk and, and, uh, and, and continue in the fog of your fuddled up thinking rather than live in the clarity that Jesus offers through his person, through his work, and through his teaching. Friends, that word that Jesus gave to his followers then is the word he gives to you and to me today. Listen. For when we listen to the teachings of Jesus, when we look to the person of Jesus, when we adjust our life, our emotions, our mind, our thoughts, our words, our actions, when we adjust to what Jesus says, then we live. We're no longer walking around in the maze of the misery of our own mess. But now we live. We live in the delight of His constant presence and direction. We live filled with a confident expectation that Jesus is with us. But friends, we'll sing the song in here. And then we leave. We walk out these doors. We'll sing the song. Man, I'm, I, my hope is in the Lord. From this time forth, forevermore. My hope is in the Lord forevermore. And we walk out here and we don't even think about Jesus again. It's a good song we sing, but it must be the life that we live. Listen to the teaching of Jesus. That's part of following him. And when we adjust our life to his word, his teaching, then the mysteries of life, the puzzles of life begin to unravel. We begin to walk sure-footed through the slippery slopes of slimy circumstances. We begin to, to live satisfied the deepest core of our soul. Here's how Jesus said it in a different place, in a different way. In Matthew chapter 7, just after he had finished his sermon on the mount, Jesus said, Whoever hears these sayings of mine 
and does them. I will compare him to a man who built his house upon a rock. And the winds blew and the rains fell and the floods rose, but the house stood because it was built upon a rock. Strong foundation. What's the strong foundation? The person and the teachings of Jesus Christ. He goes on. But whoever hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, I will compare him to a man, a foolish man, who built his house upon the sand. And the winds blew, and the rains fell, and the floods rose, and the house crumbled because it was built upon the shaky foundation of something other than Jesus. Here's the picture. We need to get it. Our life is going to be built on something. If we build our life on Jesus and what he teaches, it'll be solid. And if we build our life on anything else, it will crumble. Let me just go ahead and say that again because we all venture into building our life on something else. You build your life on the teachings of Jesus, on the person of Christ, it's solid. But if we build our life on anything else, anything else, anything else, it will crumble. And great will be its fall. So it's pretty important that we listen today. I haven't even talked about the story yet, have I? Can, can, I, can I not talk about the story one more time, just, just for a little bit longer? You see, Jesus told the story because he wanted his followers to unravel the puzzle of life and, and, and to unravel the puzzle of life by showing them the why of their life. See, philosophers, philosophers from way back when, and even to today, they teach us that if we get the why of our life, then the what and the how will fall into place. Did you know that? If you understand the why of your life, then the what and the how will work out. Jesus tells this story, this parable, so that we might understand the why of our life, the purpose. If we understand our purpose, then we understand why we live. We understand why we have our job. We understand why we, why we have our house and, and our home and our neighborhood. And, and uh, we understand even the, the, the uglies of our life. We understand because we have purpose. So when Jesus tells the story, we see this in verse 13. I love verse 13. Look at verse 13. Jesus said, do you not understand this parable? Do you not understand this parable? Now, now, he was talking about the parable of the sower and the soil and the so seed. He said, look, do you understand this one? And then he adds this. He said, if you don't understand this one, how can you understand the others? See, all the other parables, they're, they're talking about uh, 
stuff of life and, and they're talking good teachings about life and about how we live life. But, but Jesus said this parable, this parable is important because this parable teaches us purpose of life. The parable of the sower and the seed and the soils is not about a bunch of seed falling on soils. It's about the sowers. The parable of the sower and the seed in the soil is not just an agricultural ditty. It is a story to enliven our purpose, to show us the why of our life as followers of Christ. And the why of our life is pretty simple. We do what Jesus did. And what did Jesus do? He sowed the seed. And what are we supposed to do? Sow the seed. See, life begins to make sense when we understand and live the mission that, that Jesus has given us. Life makes sense when we live this mission that he's given us. If you understand this parable, and this parable is about purpose, why of our life, then it makes sense about the other aspects of our life. The good that happens and the bad that happens and the, and, and the, the, the chaos that happens and the, and the mountaintop and the valley and the summit and, the, and, 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 and whatever the opposite of summit is. I've already done that, mountaintop valley. It, it, it begins to make sense because we understand purpose. And our purpose is to live the mission that God has given us. Now, this, this flies contrary to much of what we, what we believe and how we live. See, much of how we live, now, we might not say we believe it like this, but this is how we live it. Much of what we live is, I live for me. Or if we're very uh, charitable, I live for those closest to me. I live for, for, for me to follow my dreams, or I live to, to, to make myself happy, or I live for my emotions, or I live for my mind, or I live for me. And if that is the why of your life, it's over here on shifting sand. It'll crumble. See, the why of our life is to do what God wants. To live the mission He has given to us. The why of your life as a follower of Christ is the same as the why of my life as a follower of Christ. And that is to join together in a wonderful journey of sowing the seed of the gospel. That's your purpose. That's the why. So here's the question. How are we doing on that? To sow the seed of the gospel, Jesus teaches us, verse 14, the sower sowed the, sowed the seed. The sower sows the seed, and the seed is the word of God, the very gospel of Jesus Christ, the very word that will produce fruit in the hearts and lives of many, the fruit of salvation, rescue from sins, guilt, shame, condemnation, and judgment. It is the word of Christ, the, the, the truth of the gospel. And Jesus came as the great sower of this truth, the one who proclaimed and preached that the gospel uh, was, was available to them. Mark chapter 1, 14 and 15, Jesus came preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. He was, is, 
that good news. But Jesus told this parable not just so that they would understand what he did, but so that they might embrace what they're supposed to do, what we're supposed to do. Listen, he said. The why of our life is to bring pleasure to God by sharing the gospel with others. Are we sharing the gospel with others? We, am I, are you sharing the gospel with others? See, Jesus, Jesus wanted to pinpoint exactly what purpose was. And, and for a farmer in Palestine, uh, he would take a, 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 a basket full of seed and he'd walk and he'd, he'd take a handful of that seed and he'd just broadcast it like that. That's how they, that's how they farmed. It, it wasn't like we would do today. You know, we, uh, we work the soil, we'll till the soil, we'll do all the things, we'll rotate crops and all that kind of stuff and, and, and measure, you know, all the stuff you're supposed to measure in the soil and... and Yada, yada, yada. But that's not how they did it. They would take the seed, they would take a handful, and they'd throw it. And that was their job. It's interesting because farmers, farmers uh, have a lot of stuff to do. And farmers can spend a lot of time making sure that the barn is clean. They can spend a lot of time rucking the stalls. They can make sure, uh, spend a lot of time making sure that the hooves on those mules are, are, are trimmed and, and shod. They can spend a lot of time making sure that the, that the hose and the axes and the, and the, and the uh, 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 what do you call those things, plows are sharpened. And all of that is good. And, and much of it is important, but that's not the purpose. See, the purpose of the farmer is to sow the seed. And what happens for us is that we get so busy making sure that the barn is clean and rucking the stalls and shotting the, the, the hooves and, and sharpening the axes. We spend so much time on these good and important things that we fail to do the one thing, the very purpose for which we are left here. And that is to sow the seed of the gospel. We spend so much of our energy focusing on the soils when what we should be focusing on is our obedience to the call that God has given us, the mission that we are to fulfill, the purpose of our here and now life. And that is to indiscriminately, hear me, indiscriminately Communicate the love and grace of God brought to us by the person of Jesus Christ indiscriminately. I mean, throw it on anybody you encounter. Throw it on everybody you encounter indiscriminately. See, we, we do a lot of good stuff. We do. We do a lot of good stuff. But it gets dry real quick when we don't do the very thing for which God has planted us here and left us here. You and I are here not to sharpen axes. You and I are here not to ruck stalls. You and I are here not to make sure the barn is clean. 
You and I are here to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. And when we understand our purpose, then life begins to make a little bit better sense. And so the question is, are you sharing the gospel? See, when Disciple Now happens this weekend, uh, our, our purpose there is not to, to entertain our students or their friends. Our purpose is not just to have a good time, although it'll be a good time and, and it'll be entertaining. Our purpose is not to, uh, not to stay busy for a weekend. Our purpose is to share the gospel. Now, when the gospel is shared this weekend at Disciple Now, some of it's going to uh, be with people who uh, automatically reject Jesus. They, their hearts are so hard, and they hear Christ, and they go, eh, I'm not interested in that. And maybe some are here in this room today. You've heard about Jesus. You're not interested in all that business. And that's the stony ground. And some, some of us are... And some of the people who hear the gospel this weekend, they're, they're going to, to hear it and they're going to get excited about it. They're going to say, yeah, I like that Jesus thing. Forgiveness, yeah, I'm all about that. And they hear it and they're excited about it, but, you know, this following Jesus has a little cost to it. It gets a little pricey. I, my friends might make fun of me if I follow Jesus. And so when it gets a little costly or it gets a little tough to be a follower of Christ, they say, eh, I'm not interested. And that's the shallow soul. And some who hear the gospel this weekend, they're going to they're gonna hear the gospel and go, yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I like that. But I don't like it more than my girlfriend. I don't like it more than my boyfriend. Or I don't like it more than fill in the blank. When, when it's a comparison of affections, am I going to love Jesus or am I going to love this thing over here? They decide to love that thing over there more than love, than love Jesus. And that's the seed among thorns. But then this weekend, the gospel gospel will be presented and there are going to be some who hear the gospel and it's going to take root in their heart and they're going to be forever changed as they place their faith in Jesus as Savior and King. And they're going to be forgiven forever and they're going to walk with a lighter step and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to hear and know um, the mysteries of life as Jesus makes God known to them and everything will change. And that is why we do Disciple Now. Here's the question. Are you sharing with anybody? Look, it's better to share with stony ground than it is not to share at all. And it's better to share uh, to shallow ground than it's not to share at all. And it's better to share with, uh, share, share with those who live in and among thorns than it is not to share at all. We've got to share the gospel. We must share the gospel. And the Palestinian farmer, he, he'd just walk along. I mean, he, he didn't have any territory. You know, he'd just be, he'd just be casting that whoop, whoop, 
And then, you know, I mean, it, it was as he went. Oh, yeah, there's a, oh, I don't, yeah, let's, look, let's throw a little over there. Look, you know what a part of our problem is? We've compartmentalized our life so much that we say, well, I'll talk about Jesus at church, but I'm not going to talk, talk about him at work or at school or at home or in my neighborhood, among my neighbors. No, 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 no. See, part of sowing the gospel is us going everywhere, talking about Jesus. You know, I know that, that none of us really want to be considered weird. I, I get that. But some of us, all of us, had better take on this idea that, yeah, I'm going to be weird for Jesus. I'm going to be called a little bit of a fanatic for Christ. Well, well I mean, some of y'all are fanatics for your political party. I read your Facebook page. Some of you fanatics about your football teams. You, you don't mind insulting somebody if you're a Virginia Tech fan. You don't mind insulting somebody that's, I don't know, a University of Tennessee football fan. You're happy to insult me and giggle about it when you do it. <laughs> I get that. That's fun, right? That's joy, right? That's football. But when it comes to Jesus, we're like, whoa, I don't know if I can talk about Jesus. Really? Guys, God didn't leave us here to be a hokey. He left us here to be his farmer. And so the gospel. And it's time for us to step up and fulfill our purpose. It makes sense. It's the why of our life.